Storywise would end season three, episode four. Welcome to Storywise would end. True stories told live in would end in the Macedon Ranges, seventy kilometres north of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Storywise Would End. Hopefully there won't be any more time glitches as there was last week. I'm I'm on a I'm on a roll. I'm determined to get a whole season in the bag, which means they won't be particularly timely. Uh, but they will arrive in your inbox on time on the Friday of the week. So today we have a story from Peter Fernan from Trentham, who is a wonderful storyteller and uh, you, does lots of work with stories, um, is very experienced uh, at storytelling. And this was told in June 2016 where the theme was boundaries. And Peter has uh, uh, taken it at its literal best and tells a, a wonderful tale of boundaries in a small country town, the boundaries between properties and uh, the tensions that can arise over those boundaries. So here's Peter. I'm Kate Lawrence and you're listening to Storywise Would End. Uh, when Maria and I and the two children first moved to Trentham, uh, we were living off my meagre earnings as a storyteller, uh, plus a bit of government help, and uh, Maria had a bit of money with her to look for a house from her family. And we, with a, a small loan, we thought we could buy a cheap house in Trentham, but when we got there, the prices were going up, 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 and... Uh, we rented for a little while and we thought we were going to miss out. But we found a, a friendly real estate agent and he showed us one place that uh, we could afford but wasn't really workable. And, and then another which was really run down but um, in a nice situation, surrounded by trees. Essentially a nice house. There was sh sheep in the paddock over the road. And there was, a, there was a big garage right up the end of our long, narrow garden that I thought I could turn into a studio, which we needed to have. There wasn't enough room. And um, so we thought, yep, we can, we can make a go of this. So after we'd sort of done the initial settling in, I went up to have a look at the garage and discovered perhaps one of the reasons why it was so cheap. The, the neighbour who lived behind the garage had annexed part of our backyard, the bit that was behind the garage. I couldn't have got to the garage to work on it. And I found out from the neighbour on that side that the previous owner of our house had tried to put a little window in the back of the garage and when he stepped out and through the fence onto what was his property, the annex or had threatened to shoot him. 
which wasn't very encouraging. <clears throat> and um, I, um, I saw the, the wife of the annexor in the, in the garden and tried to have a conversation with her, but she just pretended that I wasn't there which also wasn't very encouraging, but I knew that the whole process needed to start with a conversation. I couldn't just chuck a brick at them or anything like that. That, that wasn't going to produce anything. So I went round to see him. and I tried a few times. He, he got back late, and I think eventually about 8 o'clock one evening he just got back. And um, I didn't go in with, I demand my land back. I said, look, look, I'm, you know, thinking about, you know, redoing that garage there and I need to get in behind the, the garage. And it very quickly deteriorated. Now, fuck off. <laughs> and if you want to talk to me, talk to my lawyer. So I went and talked to my brother, who's a lawyer, and he explained the legal options. And I, I was looking for a non-aggressive way of trying to deal with this guy. And it seemed to me at the end of the conversation that using the law was about the most aggressive thing that I could do and that it was far less aggressive to go down and just knock down his wall, put up my own fence and see what happened. <laughs> uh, that evening, um, Maria came down to the house and told me there was a rather angry man in the um, yard up the back who wanted to have a little word with me. So, you know, I went up and saw him. Yeah, fucking prick. Couldn't wait, you Melbourne bastard. And his, his wife came down and, and, yeah, you bloody people from Melbourne, you're destroying this town. And my wife, meanwhile, had joined him. You don't know anything about us. We're very civil people. And the word civil seemed to connect because then she claimed that they were civil people and I said well this is not very civil and then she sort of claimed that my building the fence wasn't very civil and then I pointed out to her that I had gone to speak to her husband and he told me to fuck off. <laughs> she didn't she didn't say you stupid moron you done it again. She defended him, but something like that passed between them, you know, because very shortly after he said, <laughs> you know, the trouble is we got off to a bad start. <laughs> but I've got to say, that's a shit fence. <laughs> I was quite happy to accept that that was a shit fence and, and, and I was prepared to pay, you know, to get a proper fence built between the two of us. But no, he said, no, nah, I'm going to build that fence and you're going to come and help me. <laughs> so on an appointed day, we both went out and built the fence together and he wasn't quite as shit hot at fences as he was making out, but he was better than me and we made quite a good fence. And in the, in the ensuing discussion, it turned out that um, he was a blow-in to the town. He'd married a local girl, but he was Barry with two heads, people called him. He had a bit of attitude problem. Didn't get on with anybody in the town. The, the guy next door had shot his dog when it went onto his land. And the son of the guy next door was bullying his son. 
And he'd taken his son out of the local school and sent him to a school down the road. And I explained to him how my son had gone to the local kindergarten and all the boys in the kindergarten were dressed in green uniforms, ready for school. You didn't have to have green uniforms in the kinder, but they were just getting ready with uniforms. And, and my son, Anarchy, um, came to kinder with a, with a, a tutu round his neck because he was a frill-necked lizard. <laughs> and they hated him. One of them, one of them wanted to kill him. And so he advised me to take my son, uh, uh, you know, to the, to the school down the road, which I did. And on a later date, he came down, orders of his wife, to hand over some of his son's old uniforms to um, help us get there. Uh, which all goes to show, in the, as in the, the, the Robert, grumpy old man in the Robert Frost poem on Mending Wall, that good fences make good neighbours, or quite good fences make <laughs> quite good neighbours, although not in, not in the case of that neighbour, the neighbour that moved in over there. Although I suppose to be precise, you'd say in that case that for a while anyway, bad fences also make bad neighbours. <laughs>